You know, life is good, uh, Cody Elliott, who is sitting right across me here in the uh, official Rocktown Sports Pod home office. Cody, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have the world, the whole world in our pockets with our cell phones. (laughs) Life is great. You know what makes life even better this week, Cody? What's that? High school football starts. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 30 of the Rocktown Sports Pod. I am your host, Jim Sacco. No longer just filling in for Greg Medea. I am now the host, uh, but Greg will be with us, I'm sure, throughout the course of the JMU football season, as will Shane to talk some Bridgewater and uh, Bridgewater College football and JMU basketball. But today we just kind of decided just to make it the, the Jim and Cody show for obvious reasons because, uh, well, yeah, we're the DNRFB crew. So let's be real. If you don't know what DNRFB is, that's how you follow all the city, county, uh, well, really, Shenandoah Valley uh, football on the Twitters. Is that Do the kids still ta- still say Twitters, Cody, or am I just aging myself? Uh, I don't know if there's an S on the end of that, but... Well, I'm going to stick with Twitters. Cody, let's... <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's obvious where we have to start. Uh, we have to start in the quote-unquote big brother versus little brother, though, who's who these days. Uh, football game this year it is at East Rockingham when Spotswood welcomes well Spotswood goes to East Rockingham as Eagles welcome the Trailblazers in what has become a a pretty nice little opening night get for uh, local high school football fans a little bit different of a vibe this year with this game I mean last year it was kind of you kind of had the you know the toss-up but hey East Rock's got the more talent in terms of Jaywan Evans uh, Darius Brown take your pick This year, I think when you're looking at experience especially and and talent, you kind of got to look towards the Spotswood sideline. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, they've basically flipped the script from a year ago where, you know, last year it felt like Spotswood was kind of the young and -and up-and-coming team with with the sophomore quarterback and and a lot of juniors on that team last year. Um, East Rock had, you know, 19, 20 seniors, whatever it was. Then you look, you know, now you fast forward to a year later and Spotswood is that team with with 20 seniors on this year's team. um, East Rock's now lost their seniors from last year, and they're kind of young and trying to prove themselves a little bit. Um, so, yeah, a little bit different situation there. But I don't think that's taken anything away from the rivalry and kind of what this means. Um, you know, East Rock still plays with that little brother mentality when I talk to them in this preseason. They still talk about that a lot. Um, they don't they don't really pr- prefer to be called the little brother in that rivalry anymore, especially after winning three straight. And then when I think when you look at the other side, Spotswood has lost three straight. And that senior class specifically with those 20 seniors, um, they've, they haven't, you know, throughout their entire varsity careers, even, you know, folks like Colby Morris who have been on there since freshman, all three years to open up their season, they've, they've lost each Rockingham, and that's something that they want to change in their final year in the program. Yeah, I think when we talked to Dale earlier in the year, Dale Shiflett, head coach at Spotswood High School, you know, he put a little bit of pressure on himself as well, but I believe he said, you know, hey, these seniors, they want this one. I mean, it's, yeah, this is I, high school football. There are rivalries. It's, you know, this is the first game in front of us that they want to win this one, not only to, to, to snap that losing streak to in the rivalry, but at the least to start off on the right foot. I mean, it didn't hurt them last year. They went 9-1 and one the rest of the way going into the playoffs. But at the same point, I mean, I think they would like to start off 1-0 as opposed to 0-1. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure he personally wants it as well because he's, you know, he's 0-3 in his time, his three years at Spotswood. He's, you know, he used to to coach at East Rockham before he came to Spotswood. So, you know, there's a a couple different connections there. And, you know, for a team that, as far as we can see, is considered the best team in this area right now, you know, 
to start the year off one and zero instead of zero and one. That's just a huge difference. Like you said, it didn't hurt them last year. They go nine and one in the regular season, but to start one and zero is something I think Dale Shivers has put a lot of emphasis on in the preseason. Uh, quarterback situations are uh, a, a little bit different as well. I don't want to say the exact opposite of the spectrum, but there's some differences here. Uh, Tice McNair uh, didn't start last year at quarterback. Uh, but he was on the field an awful lot in terms of, you know, splitting him out wide and he took a few snaps and a lot of those blowout losses. But he was always out there on the field, even in the close games, that he was out there playing. And then you got the uh, high over at Spotswood, who is now in his second year as a starting quarterback. He's a junior. I mean, it, and we touted him all last year. Uh, we've touted him all preseason on, on the pod. And, and in, yeah, I mean, is he going to make that next step? I mean, because it, it, I, I think we're just kind of – I'm just kind of waiting for one last step, and, and whether it be just completely integrating the, the ground, his, his feet with the arm, or just going straight arm and just dominating through the air. But, I mean, there's there, it just seems to be missing a little something to put him over the top last year. Are we going to see it this year? Yeah, I think – well, I think if, if Spotswood is going to achieve what, what they want to do and make, make a deep run in the playoffs, they're gonna, he's going to have to. Um, I, I think that's what's going to happen is he's going to kind of incorporate his feet a little bit more, and I don't mean he's going to become a dual-threat quarterback where he runs at every play and, and you know, as – you know, like Quentin Smiley or even Harrisonburg or anything. But I do think that, that with what Swatson wants to do and, and with the, the offensive line that they have and, and the running backs that they have in the backfield, they can do a couple of different things out of that and incorporate, you know, high, high kind of rolling out of the shotgun and, and maybe getting out in space a little bit and using his feet some more. Um, I watched him the other week in the scrimmage against George Draft, and him and Rob Smith, I mean, were just unbelievable. They connected for three touchdown passes in the short time I was there. Um, you know, Rob Smith has just really come on as, as a football player in, in the last year, and I think, you know, the two of them together right there, I, I think Ryan High is going to go as far as Rob Smith goes, and right now Rob Smith looks like he might be, you know, set for a pretty special year. And maybe Rob Smith is that extra step, you know, an extension of High in that in that aspect that – you know, he's got a second year of football under his belt, a second year with he's only known one quarterback uh, since last year is his first year playing football. And obviously there's been there's been some sort of relationship and camaraderie built between this, you know, quarterback receiver duo. And, and maybe he's that missing piece, maybe that, that added, you know one year under each other's belts with together. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's been the big thing for him is just taking those little steps. I think last year he had the pure athleticism to be a great receiver, especially around here and in, in the Valley District, but he kind of missed the small things, and, and those small things are what Connell Ischinger, who is now graduated, what he did really well. He, he, ran, he ran routes really crisp. He was very clean with his route running. Um, and I know throughout the preseason, there's been several times when I've been at practice and Connell's been there um, helping Rob kind of learn the learn the ways and show him little things. Um, I know Rob spent a lot of time in the offseason going to different camps. Um, and I think, you know, he's he's starting to gain that interest at the, at the in the college level of playing football instead of basketball, which is something he probably didn't think was going to happen two years ago. So he's got he's got all the tools, and now it's just a matter of putting it on the field and making it happen this season. Well, he's just a sick athlete. I mean, let's – Oh, I, mean, I think he's the best in the area when it comes to pure athleticism. I mean, when you get a kid like that, I mean, you got to you gotta give him the nod as probably the best athlete in the area just from the amount of work that he does uh, on the basketball court, how good he is at basketball. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it was almost like a seamless transition – in terms of athleticism over to football, I mean, there are some hiccups in terms of route running and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff along those lines. But just in terms of go up and get that ball, 
Yeah, and I think I that's mean, what he you're was seeing. doing it last year, and I can only imagine it's going to get better this year. Yeah, and that's what I saw against George Draft. I mean, there there was two plays where Ryan Hyde put it up there, and it, it wasn't a bad pass by Ryan, but it, he just put it in a spot where only Rob could get it, and Rob's you know bigger than most cornerbacks at, the, at this level, <laughs> and and he just jumps over top, grabs the ball, rips it down over the defender's helmet, and takes off, and you know next thing you know, it's sixty yards to the house, and I think. Especially in the Valley District this year, I think that's something that you could see a lot with those two. I just think, you know, when you have a guy like Rob who's 6'3", pushing a 6'4", with his athleticism, his speed, you're not going to find many corners in this area that are going to be able to match up with him very well. And the, and that game is on WSVA Radio, uh, according to the, the schedule that I'm looking at here. And uh, Outback Steakhouse will be selling Bloomin' Onions for the Booster That's Club. become a tradition at how, the how East Rock Spotswood game. I remember that from last year. Bring cash. I don't think they'll take credit cards. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the, on the, other side of the, the, the field, uh, East Rock, you know, Tice McNair can sling it. You know, we saw him last year when he was in there, you know, throw the ball and throw the ball well. And he, and he adds that added dimension of having the feet and the ability to, to scramble for yards and, and really not even as so much scramble, maybe on designed plays, you know, he's going to keep the ball and go. But at the same point, I mean, he wasn't starting, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games last year. Uh, but there's obviously camaraderie on that side of the ball too, because he's not a brand new face. He's not a brand new name. I mean, and I think Danny Grog from Broadway was telling us not to sleep on East Rockingham offense. And yeah. so, I mean, what have you seen from that offense that maybe will raise some eyebrows because we're kind of expecting, you know, the, you know, Joe Blow is kind of expecting it to be down with the amount of talent they lost. Well, I think, you know, I remember on multiple occasions last year sitting in that East Rockingham press box and hearing, you know, different members of the administration, different coaches from around the school talk about Trenton Morris and Tyce McNary. And, they, and at different times, they called both of them some of the best athletes in the school. Um, they were juniors last year. They didn't get a lot of attention because you had so many of those seniors that kind of, you know, got all the shine. And I think that the biggest thing for Tice especially was he just – I don't know if he was mature enough quite yet to take over that starting quarterback job a year ago. I don't know if he had the personality. Maybe not maturity-wise, but I don't know if he had the, the personality to do it. Um, he it, the the girth he has shown in the past year in terms of leadership, in terms of stepping up, leading the way in the all season, being vocal in practices. You know, Donnie Coleman has spoke really highly of it. Tice has said it himself that how, how much more vocal he's gotten, and I think that's the biggest key for him this year. He's finally in that role. He's comfortable. He feels okay talking to guys. You know, getting guys pumped up, telling them what they need to do, and. I think that is what has allowed him to kind of step into that quarterback role. And then you put Trenton Morris, who was an all-state linebacker a year ago as a junior, um, put him back there at the running back spot as well. He's one of those guys that's going to play two ways this year for East Rockingham. You know, putting those two back there together, you automatically have two of the better athletes in the area. And then, you know, just that fact that that Donnie Coleman has been open about the fact that they're going to do some things differently on offense this year because of the fact that their guys have a little bit different skill set than previous players – I just think, you know, I think they are going to be, be surprising a lot of people, and I th- think they've got plenty of tools there to be successful. Uh, we will talk about defense on, on these two teams on the webcast. Yeah, we're going to do another one of these, except you're going to see our faces on this one uh, later this week. Uh, let's just kind of move along. Well, if you're going to that game, get there early is number one. That's probably – that is easily one of the best atmospheres in the city county is when East Rock and Spotswood play each other really in anything. I mean, and you're going to see some of that tonight. It is Tuesday. We're taping this, and Cody's going out to Spotswood for East Rock Spotswood volleyball. Uh, so, I mean, and that should be a good atmosphere along with the basketball games. But that football game, 
whenever those two teams play each other. I remember last year over at Spotswood, it was just a fantastic atmosphere. And I think I had to park up behind the high school because I got there about 6.50. So you're going to want to get there a little earlier than the 7 7 o'clock scheduled uh, kickoff. I would recommend about 5.30 or Six, Cody, looking at the rest of the Valley District slate, we got Harrisonburg going down to William Fleming. Not a lot. I don't know a lot about William Fleming, but I don't know a lot about Harrisonburg either because it's it's a young team. Chris Thurman seems really excited about the youth on this team. I, I'm, I'm curious. I yeah. Mean, I, I'm, I'm, this is the most curious I've been about a football team since I've been back in the Valley after six and a half years away. I, I'm very curious about this Harrisburg football team. Yeah, I mean, it's the first time in a long time that there's really no – you don't really know anything at all about Harrisonburg. I mean, usually they've always got that big name returning that you know is going to be their, their star. I mean, they had, you know, Marcus Robinson Jenkins. They had A.C. White. They had Devin Medley, Michael Holmes. You go back through the line, they've always had a big name, and now suddenly – you know, they've got Quentin Smiley, but outside of that, it's just a whole lot of youth there. And like you said, Chris Thurman has been just ecstatic about the way they've they've come to work here in the preseason. Um, he said it's one of the hardest-working groups he's ever had. Um, you know, Quentin Smiley mentioned it to me. Isaiah Hamilton, who is one of the players that's really been stepping up, he's another one who's mentioned it to me. So, all you know, all signs pointing to them having a lot of camaraderie, a lot of chemistry early on. How that translates to the field with such a young team, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Like, like you, I don't know a, a ton about William Fleming, but I know you know they're usually a, a pretty formidable opponent. Um, so I think it's just going to be a good early test and kind of see what this Harrisonburg team has this year and what they can kind of put together with with so many young pieces. Now, if Quentin Smiley goes out there Friday and he and he throws for a buck twenty five and runs for a buck twenty five, I think he kind of got to be happy. Yeah, I mean, I think if you get over that that hundred yard mark in throwing, because last year you didn't see that a lot. Um, you know, he he averaged I think around probably sixty to seventy yards a game passing. If you can even get over the hundred yard mark um, with what, because because in my opinion he's he's almost guaranteed to get a hundred to one hundred fifty oh, on he, the ground. He's going to get a hundred on the ground unless this William Fleming defense is just straight division right. is nothing but division one guys. I mean, he's going to get a hundred on the ground. Right, and so that's if you know if you get. 100 in the air, 125 in the air. You're looking at 250, 300 yard total total yards in the game. I think that's you know the recipe for success for them. And um, you know Dunstan Williams, Isaiah Hamilton in the backfield, a couple of guys that Chris Thurman thinks can really step up and have some success in the run game. So I'm interested to see how it all goes together with with the amount of speed and the amount of skill players they have. Um, it'll be interesting. I I think in terms of running backs, I think Dunst, Dunstan Wills, Williams, excuse me. Uh, intrigues me the most I mean he's not the he's not the biggest guy in the world in terms of length he's not super tall uh, I believe I'm taller than him but he's just very looks very physical he's very cut he's very he has, looks like he's got a really strong upper body he's not gonna uh, you know barring any mental mistakes he doesn't look like the kind of guy that's gonna fumble the ball just due to that arm strength but I mean I, I'm intrigued by what kind of one what, what kind of the two punch he provides to Quentin Smiley's one. Yeah, and I think last year he showed some flashes of that. And those first five games when um, Marcus Robinson Jenkins missed with the, with his broken leg, um, Victor Lynch got a lot of the carries. But you know you would oftentimes see Dunstan Williams kind of come in for third down carries and, and occasionally late in the game kind of take over duties. Um, and I thought he showed flashes, and so that's why this year, you know, Chris Thurman mentioned that the running back competition was wide open, but I kind of always thought Dunstan Williams was kind of the guy who would eventually emerge, and, and sure enough, talking to Chris Thurman last week, he said that that has kind of been the case. Um, Isaiah Hamilton on the, on the other side as a defensive back is more where he shines, but he will get some carries as well, but 
Yeah, Dunstan Williams, uh, you know, like you said, not not a huge running back, but put together well, um, a physical back, and I think quick enough to make, you know, smart reads. And, and that offense, was with the threat of Smiley, you add another guy back there who, who's quick and can make cuts like that, it, that's just a scary sight for opposing defenses. Is he more – is Dunstan more of like a – I mean, like I said, he's not he's – not, round either so I mean is he more of a and you said they're bringing him in on third downs is he just a short yardage guy is he more of a a, a fullback running back uh, hybrid it, it, it's a, it's unique I think he's I think he has good vision and it's a kind of describe him the best I mean he came in on third downs last year he wasn't running over people bulldozing over people like a fullback but he did kind of his role was kind of to pick up three or four yards at a time so I'm sure that that role will obviously expand this year at, at with you know with his increased role on the team. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see what what kind of more he has to his arsenal because last year we only got to see him in, in a limited role, and I don't think they were asking him to do as much as they'll ask him to do this year. Uh, we'll see how that one goes. That's also a seven o'clock. Uh, I, I want us to keep saying tip. It's a seven o'clock <laughs> kick. Uh, Donna William Fleming just going down the line here. Here is a game that, in my mind, uh, Turner Ashby just kind of really has to win. Uh, Turner Ashby at William Monroe. I mean, I'm not trying to put the early pressure on the Knights. I don't. I'm not trying to put you know early pressure on on Chris Fraser out there. But I mean, William Monroe, you know, is one of the is very TA like in terms of recent struggles. You know, TA's only got four wins over the past two years. You know they're going over the mountain to Standardville uh, to, to take on the, the Green Dragons, and I kind of feel like that TA's got to be coming back over thirty three Friday, Friday night celebrating. I think that's I agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, you look at that William Monroe team. Um, you know that's who Fort Defiance beat last year to snap their you know multiple season. I can't remember what the number it got to, but thirty some game losing streak. That's who they finally beat. Um, all, even the, the past years when teams like Broadway have, have had struggling years where they've won one or two games, they've always beat William Monroe. And that's not to sit here and put down William Monroe, but they just have, they've been in a struggle themselves, haven't been a very good team as of late. I think if TA wants to take the steps that it's that it has been talking about doing all, all preseason, this is a game you got to go over there, take care of business, and kind of start off the year on a positive note. Um, Chris Frazier has talked about the past two years, a big struggle for them was their non-district schedule. And, oh, it and, was brutal. Yeah. I mean, their non-district schedule is just, just an abomination. Right. They should not have been playing that. Playing Class 5, Class class 6 schools, and it's tough. And I, and I understand that completely. Um, it was tough for the kids to start off the year, you know, losing by 40, 50, 60 points. Um, now they have a chance to go over here, play a Class 3 school, I believe, in William Monroe, um, a team that's not been very good. I, I just think you got to go over there, get a win, uh, get the year started 1-0, and and then it just changes your whole perspective on the year rather than if you are coming back over that mountain on Friday night with the loss to start off the season against a team that you know hasn't traditionally been very good. That's just – it just – you know, puts you right back into the same pattern you've been in the past few seasons. I got to think Swinehart is ready to roll. I mean, he had a season cut short last year. I mean, he was on pace to be the, the, the leading rusher in the Valley District. I mean, he was just – he was rolling yeah. uh, before, before that injury hit. And, I mean, I got to think that kid is just ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, I'm ex- I think we're going to see a really big year out of him, especially if T.A. is going to have any type of success. But just in general, I think they're going to just really lean on him. I, I know they're, they're comfortable with C.J. Haskins at the quarterback spot and his ability to throw. But I think with Haskins back there and having Swanhart back and healthy – um, I think they're just going to lean heavily on him. I, I mean, I'm, I think I can see him carrying the ball 25 times a game um, just with, with the type of team they have and the type of workload that he's capable of carrying. Um, it's a senior year. 
Uh, he's starting to some, to gain some college interest. I just think that this is going to be a big year for him, um, especially if they want to have any type of success. And, and Haskins can scoot too. I mean, he's just you know, I mean, he he can move as well. And so, I mean, are we looking at a, a you know a, a double headed sword, a, you know, a two sided sword here uh, yeah, with these it, two guys in the backfield? They're going back to that wing teeth look, which I think will benefit them in terms of the running game. Um, so yeah, I think having both of those guys, I think I think having Haskins back there at quarterback. You know, like I said, they keep talking about how comfortable they are with him throwing, and, and I do not doubt that at all. But I do think that in terms of the run game is where it benefits them most. Having Haskins back there, um, you can run the, the option occasionally with him and Swan Hart. Um, I just think it sets them up for the most success and uh, will put them in the best position to win. If he stays healthy, Swan Hart's Valley District play, Offense Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I don't, mean, and I don't care what TA's record is. I don't right. care if TA goes yeah, three I mean, and seven, four and six. Numbers, yeah, I mean, they were they were absolutely ridiculous. Um, he was on pace probably for thirteen, fourteen hundred yards a year ago. We've seen TA teams in the past rely heavily on running backs anyway. So, um, yeah, I expect a huge year for him this year. Uh, moving down the line, uh, you know, Fluvanna County at Broadway. Danny Grog, uh, first year Broadway coach, finally gets his chance to, you know. St- you know, stop being excited about this team and go out there and coach it, which just seems like is just, I mean, this guy is just very excited about this team, very excited about this program. Now he gets to go out there and, and do what he's paid to do. Uh, Another little bit of an unknown because, you know, Danny was a little bit skittish about giving us information when he's here on the pod. Uh, You know, what, what do we know about Broadway's offense? Uh, I think the biggest thing we know, which isn't much... um, Is that they will have an offense. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's going to be... I think it's going to be a lot different than what we've seen in previous years. Broadway's kind of struggled the past few seasons to kind of grab an identity in terms of, you know, they were a run-focused team there for so long, and then all of a sudden towards the end of last year they found success in the passing game and they were chucking it 40 times a game. I think this year Danny wants to do both, and he's. But he, I think the biggest thing that he's made clear is that it'll just depend on what the defense is giving them. So we might see games where they they throw it twenty five times. We might see games where they throw it five. Um, I mean, I'm just interested to see how they put it all together. I think the biggest thing for them right now is how fast those guys on the offensive side have grown up. Um, you know, last time I spoke to him, Caleb Williams was still out, who they're expecting to be their quarterback. Cole Hoover, a sophomore, was in there. Um, you know, Danny admitted that it's just, you know, it's tough for a sophomore to step up on the varsity level at that position. So things have been a little fast for him in their scrimmages so far. The offensive line was still going through some struggles. They were thinking about putting some of the seniors off the defensive line over onto the offense. Um, so it, it should, it'll be interesting to see how much those guys have grown up before they finally take the field Friday for their first game. Because, you know, if they're still young on that side, the defense, I think, is going to be strong. But if the offense can't score any points, they might be in some trouble still. Doesn't a high school football team need it? identity though i mean don't doesn't don't you need to establish if you're a, a running team based around grit or if you're a passing team based around flash i just kind of feel like and i could be wrong here i just feel like that you know you you got to be a riverheads or you got to be a rockbridge county yeah i mean you know I, take your pick and, i think that what he wants to do is something similar to kind of what spotswood does in terms of you know spotswood's going to run it down your throat with with ethan barnhart last year with brennan brown with cole myers with ben conahan but they also have a quarterback now that's capable of stepping back and, and throwing for 200 yards if he needs to. I think that's what he obviously wants. It's obviously easier said than done when you don't have 20 seniors and, and guys like Ryan High and, and Ben Conahan and Cole Myers on your team. But I think that's eventually the kind of identity he's hoping to build at Broadway. And it's just a matter of those, like I said, those young guys growing up and being able to do it and being able to accomplish it. Because you know, like like I said a while ago, he throughout the scrimmages they just it just hasn't happened so far. 
Uh, and what I like about what he's doing out there is he has three people just kicking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't, I mean, you know, I, I had an old coworker, Nate Hubbard, uh, who was just driven nuts by the fact that high school teams did not have good place kickers because he's like, he would just go crazy. We'd be sitting in the office on a Friday night. He'd be back and he would just be irate. And Nate got really mad at stuff. He would just be irate about how, how can you not find, how can they not find one kicker? You know, one person just kicked the ball and, and, and all preseason and turn him into kicker. So you get the three points and you don't lose the one point mm-hmm. after you score. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's a, priority per se out in broadway but he's got three people doing nothing but kicking field goals yeah and speaking of that something i noticed last week at spots with scrimmage and i, I was talking to spots with ad tim leach about it aubrey atwell atwell um a year ago comes out for the first year kicks for the for the trailblazers ends up earning a scholarship scholarly yes <laughs> so i'm at the scrimmage last friday and i'm talking to tim and Sure enough, Spotswood has four kids out there this year that want to kick. <laughs> two seniors and two juniors. They all just they're, they're four kickers on the roster right now because they all saw so Aubrey go out there and earn a scholarship, and now they're ready to kick and, and try and earn one themselves. All I, can, all, all I can hear now is Nate going nuts in the office down in Bristol about not having. And you know, and I always you know you kind of agreed with them a little bit. You're like, yeah, I mean, how hard is it to go? Find a kid who's just hey, go up there and just kick. I mean, it's a game changer. It's at, all at this oh, level. completely, completely. I mean, you know, think about it. If Atwell makes that field goal, yeah, in the playoff game, and it wasn't that short, you know, it, it's, it's not like forty three yards. I think it was. Yeah, and it's not like he was ten yards short on. It. He was, you know, yeah. the thing fell in the end zone. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they're moving on, and 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 all the naysayers who want to know how you could send a kid out there to kick a forty-three yard field goals are, are feasting upon Cold Crow. Yeah, and, and there I mean, were pl- if you look at the area's three best teams last year, all three have had good kickers. I mean, Colby Price did a good job at mm-hmm. East Rockingham, and then you know Harrisburg has Mateo. Yeah, Perrick Harrisburg's and, got a kicker and, and that Division One kicker, and then um, Spotswood had Atwell. So you, you look at the three best teams. I'm not saying it's the only reason they were good, but they all had good kickers. And it doesn't only make a difference when it comes to field goals and extra points, but it makes a difference on kickoffs and field position and, and different things like that as well. Yeah, I think at the high, I, I mean, this is probably why I'm not a high school coach, that, and I would just hate the hours. Uh, I mean, I, I would rather have a good place kicker than a punter. I mean, I'd rather not, I'd rather get three points than be able to flip the field. And I'd rather, you know, put, let my defense go out there and do its job. Uh, don't worry about flipping the field. But anyway, that, that's enough of my rant. Uh, let's see other Valley District games. Well, Valley, games involving De- Valley District teams. We got Rockbridge County going down to Buena Vista to t- take on the Fighting Blues of Perry McClure. Uh, Rockbridge County looking to be another year of flying around the football field like fighter jets. Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're set for a good year. I, th- I mean, you know, I know that that their style of play has has does not. Everyone does not agree with it sometimes because it. You know, as we saw last year in a couple of games, specifically the one against Harrisonburg, um, they give they put up a lot of points, but they also give up a lot of points. I'm not a fan of that because I have to stop an offense. <laughs> that, yeah. doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense. But I, I do think that this year, you know, they lost Johnny Dunn, who was a, a Big time receiver for them, but they brought back uh, Jalik Lynch, who was an All Valley District performer a year ago. They brought back Ty Rooley, um, also at the quarterback position, but he's also played some time at receiver this preseason because there's a freshman now on that team, uh, Miller J. Yes, Miller J, not J Miller. Oh, okay. uh, Miller J, a freshman on that team, six three, six four, um, just has a, a, a cannon for an arm and played last year on the JV team and was just electric. 
Um, now he's up on the varsity as a freshman. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying Ty Rooley's job is in danger any means. I'm not in, I'm not in touch with that team like that, but I do know that that Miller J is the real deal down there and, and has earned a lot of praise from other coaches around this area for how good he is. I just think with all the different tools they've got, um, there's some, several other wide receivers that are back. I think they're going to have a really big year, and especially in a league where you know last year Harrisonburg had the secondary to kind of shut them down, and and Spotswood was able to you know outside of Spotswood this year, I don't know if any other teams would be able to handle that Rockbridge offense. Well, if you're a baby boomer, you don't like offense, you'll want to avoid that game at JMU where <laughs> Rockbridge County faces Harrisonburg on turf. Yeah, you know, you're going you're to hate that game, guys. So just stay at home. But if you're hip like the rest of us, you'll enjoy a high scoring game. Uh, though it will last about four and a half to five hours. The other game involving Valley District team is, oh, man, I mean, where do, I mean Waynesboro going to Wilson Memorial. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it, 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 it's tough to see what has happened down in Waynesboro in terms of no JV team this year, coming off a winless year, and this team's roster is going to be filled with freshmen and sophomores. Isn't yeah, it? and it's not just – you know, freshmen and sophomores sit standing on the sidelines. I mean, they've got freshmen playing both ways on the defensive and offensive line, which is obviously a, just a critical spot to have. You would much rather have seniors and juniors on your on your offensive and defensive lines. I feel like of more than any other position on the field because it's you know based purely off size and skill set. So just having so many freshmen on the field, it's going to be a, a tough year. They didn't win a game last season. It's tough to see them getting things turned around. You know, I know Sean Moran, and he's got Derek McDaniel back helping him. He's got Tom Goforth back helping him. He's doing everything he can to get that program back up. Uh, they're in a tough spot right now, though, and I don't. I, it's going to be tough to open up the air because I think Wilson's a, a really good team this year and is, you know, capable of making some noise. So, you know, just going to be a tough year for them this season. And that's smart of Scott to surround themselves, uh, surround himself with someone like Derek McDaniel, who was coaching that team. You know, who, who A, many years ago turned around that Wilson Memorial football team when he took that job, and then we know what he did with Waynesboro. You know, I think the first 16 to beat a one mm-hmm. uh, yep. back in the old two-region set. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, that's – and then, you know, Tom Goforth. I mean, what do you what, what more do you need to say? I mean, the guy's a Stewart's draft legend, and if he's not, he should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I still have some of the – he used to send Christmas cards out taking a photo on the field <laughs> with his seniors – and he would send them to the newspapers, and he'd send one to the News Virginia down in Waynesboro. So we had a <laughs> stack of Tom Goforth Christmas cards with the seniors taken on the field after senior night. Uh, yeah, I mean, well done, too. Like, you know, Merry Christmas on it. And, <laughs> that's awesome. And stuff. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> and we, I, I wish we knew what we did with that stack. But, I mean, that's a good – those are two good guys to surround yourself. You know, Scott's a young dude. I mean, Ooh. even though he's been around that program for a while, I mean, I think he was there. Yeah, oh, he's – Goodness he's gracious. He's been there a while as the offensive was coordinator. He, was he an assistant under Danny Dorton? Has he been there that long? He's been there quite some time. I know he was under um, Coach Isaacs. And, he was. He and, was uh, under Isaacs. I'm not sure before that, but, yeah, he's been there for quite some time. So he's got a he's got the reputation and the history there. I'm trying to think. It was Don Rice, Danny Dorton, and then, then Isaacs came over from Western Alamaro. So, yeah, I think he's been there since Danny Dorton, and he may have been there under Don Rice. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but he's a, young, he's a younger dude. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good, you know – that's a good thing to surround yourself with is, is that kind of veterans uh, who know what they're doing. Uh, that game is also at 7 o'clock at Wilson Memorial. Wilson, you're – I don't want to say you're high on Wilson, but you, you definitely think they're going to – 
you know, they missed the playoffs last year for the first time, what, four or five years? No, they made the playoffs They last made year. the playoffs? The first time in a couple That's years. That's it. Oh, I apologize. Uh, I know you, you're kind of expecting them to keep rising. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be tough just because they are a Class 3 school now. They move up to Class 3 after being in Class 2 for so long. Um, so that'll be tough, but, you know, them and Ford Defiance will kind of just battle it out there in the Shenandoah, really, just for that for that uh, that spot in the Region Three C playoffs when the postseason rolls around. Um, so I think they've got a chance to do that. I think both of those teams are are capable of winning five or six games, getting in the playoffs. But I just think when you look at Wilson, they bring enough talent back. They've got Reese Johnson at fullback, Kobe Rothgeb at running back, and Caden Welcher, who was really, really promising. I really liked him at the quarterback spot a year ago. I'm interested to see what he does this year. Um, traditionally, Wilson's been more of a run team, but he kind of showed the ability to throw it last year. So if he can kind of build off that with Rothgeb kind of spreading out and, and taking reps of wide receiver as well, I think they've got the talent there to make some noise in that Shenandoah district and then, you know, get into the Region 3C playoffs and then see what happens. Was that 2013 that they were in the state championship? Team? 2014. 2014 beat a uh, beat perennial power Richlands right. uh, in, Fishersville in Fishersville on a rainy day. I remember I was coming back from watching Hayside in its last game in program history, uh, fall to Essex. Down at Tappahannock, and I stopped at, at Waynesboro to file my story, and yeah, that's where it came out that they actually beat a very good Southwest Virginia team. Uh, let's see what we got going on in the Bull Run. Stross, no, that's that's uh, never mind. Uh, Buffalo Gap heading up to Clark County. I, I you know, I know it's two teams we don't cover, but if I was uh, if I couldn't go to the Spotswood uh, at East Rock game, I think that's a game I like to go to. Yeah, that's much like the Larray Central game. That's just another two teams that have been very successful. Um, you know, every year you, it seems like we see them in the playoffs. So you know, that's a great measuring stick game, especially for Buffalo Gap in their first year under their new coach, um, Brad Wygant. I just think you know, Gap has so much to replace this year. It's going to be tough. Clark County is considered one of the better teams in the bull run. Buffalo Gap's a little bit of an unknown, so I think if Gap can go there, and the last time they played Clark County was last year in the playoffs, opening round, they upset them at Clark County um, and it eventually advanced to play East Rockingham the next week at JMU, and I think it was the region to be semifinals. Um, but, yeah, upset them last year in the first round, so to open up the year with that matchup, I just think that's a fun game and, and will tell us a lot about both teams early on. Uh, and in another action, we got Strasburg uh, heading over the mountain to go to East Hardy. Uh, Strasburg with uh, William and Mary commit Chase Hart at quarterback. Curious to see if he's got enough around him. Yeah, that's everybody seems to be. You know, I've started to get the Shen Valley seven votes in this week, and everybody seems to be pretty high on Strasburg. Uh, I think that that has a lot to do with uh, Chase Hart. Uh, so uh, you know. Last year, Strasburg opening round lost to Central, I think, by, you know, 25, 30 points. Um, well, that Central was a good team. Yeah, though. they were. That, that Central were. team was good. So, but I'm just still – for me, it's, you know, if you have a Division one quarterback at this level, usually that's enough to make a difference. So that's why I want to see – Oh, he was a junior last year, Cody. around him can do this year. Give the kid and, a chance, will you? <laughs> uh, also going on, we got uh, – hey, speaking of the devil, Central uh, heading to Luray, uh, which – uh, is a good game for both teams, I think. I mean, Central has moved out, moved up, didn't they? Yeah, Central has moved up. Central's moved up. Luray is, is is a perennial, uh, was was a perennial Shenandoah District player, even in the days of, uh, you know, East Rock and uh, the school formerly known as R.E. Lee, which is now Stanton. And Central, you know, had a, had a, I mean, excuse my Yiddish, had a hell of a year last year, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they had, you know, 
Kyle Clanton was as fun to watch as any player I watched all year. The wide receiver, he's not Bridgewater running track. And then you you had the quarterback Zeb Dyer, and then the big defensive tackle Declan Franklin. Um, they just had a really really talented team. They they were kind of the one of the best teams in two B the past few years. They they gave Robert E. Lee a good run a couple years ago when they went to the state championship game. Um, they all they gave Riverheads a couple of good games throughout the regular season. Um, they were a thorn in East Rock's side last year. That game was really good down in Elkton. So. They, they've kind of been a, a real power in that league. I think they've got a lot to replace this year, so it'll be interesting to see that. But, you know, I think they're, they, they've got like 15, 20 seniors this year on the roster, so they've still got, you know, a lot of experience there. And, and like, like I've said about a lot of other teams, they've built that culture of winning. And then on the opposite side with Larray, I think Larray's done the same thing. I think Nolan Jeffries has really got that program in a good direction. And they've got Dalton Griffith back at, at quarterback, Austin Holloway, um, Timmy Trudeau, a bunch of big names from a year ago that, that you know, they, they're they the type of team that has two or three guys get 1,000 yards rushing each season. So I think they, they're really set up with all those pieces back. I think Larray can make some serious noise in the bull run. And then the other uh, game is uh, West Point, who I knew nothing about, against going over to Little Washington to, to, to play Rappahannock County, which I know very little about. Yeah, this is uh, Rappahannock County's first year playing a full bull run schedule they've typically played. Um, a couple of bull run games and then moved on and played some other teams as they've tried to kind of build their program up over the past few years. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I think it's going to be a rough year for them. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. That, uh, on the bye is uh, Stonewall Jackson and Page County, right? Page County got buys? I don't see them on the schedule, so I assume that Page County and Stonewall Jackson are on. Yes, they are. I, I do remember from the tab stories. They are on a bye. It's a heck of a way to start the year. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of starting the year, Cody, I don't know if you, I don't know if you follow me on Twitter because I know you, you and Greg all kind of text each other stuff and leave me out of the loop because I'm, I'm, you can't be friends with the boss because you know I know how that goes. Uh, so I'm just guessing that you kind of maybe peek if you don't follow me on Twitter. Uh, I tweeted out my, I got. You, hopefully you got it in email. By the way, I, I, I sent you my my, my Shen Valley Seven, which is uh, myself. Cody and eight other people, including Greg and Shane here at the DNR, and a bunch of other people who I'm not going to name because, well, I'm not sure they follow me or like me either. Uh, you know, media types, uh, and we vote on who we think the seven best teams in the Shenandoah District, Valley District, Bull Run District, plus Central uh, are. And, and Cody, I'm going to give you uh, my Shen Valley seven because once again, I'm sure you didn't see it because you don't follow me on Twitter. Uh, and uh, and I want you to tell me how wrong I am. I got Spotswood at one, Strasburg at two, Riverheads at three, Clark County at four, East Rock five, Harrisonburg six, Luray seven. Have at me. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty close outside of just I don't have Strasburg or Clark County quite as high. I've got Strasburg at six and Clark County at eight. So, And that that might be part of, you know, we haven't covered the bull run a ton before this year because East Rock games always play in the Shenandoah. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you're not the only one that's high on Strasburg. I will say that. And I, th- I think a lot of that, again, that goes back to Chase Hart. And I think – but I think it's for good reason. I think if you have a Division One quarterback around here – um, it's that's enough to make a difference in itself, and and like I've said in some of my power rankings, the different things. I think if the other pieces step up around them, I think they are a team that that could be really really good. Um, I'm just interested to see what happens there. 
Clark County is just a, a regular contender, so I can't I can't fault you for picking them. Um, I just happen to be high on East Rockingham, and I think that that East Rockingham is going to surprise people. And I I've picked them to go to win the bull run this year, even though they lost so many players. So so I can't back out on that now, and and that's that's really the only reason I have them above them. Well, I don't want people to think I'm not. I know I'm not giving East Rock respect because, I mean, with what they lost, it, I don't think a lot of people could say if I didn't even put them on the Super 7. Right, you know, right. I don't think – I think some people out there go, oh, man, they lost a lot. Right. Uh, I wanted to put Riverheads higher. Uh, you know, I, I know Casto's back, and I know it's Riverheads. Did you have them at three? Was it three? Yeah, I had them at three. Okay. And I, and I know that they reload every year, but they lost just so, so much. And in and, and any other year – you know, I, I would have put them a little higher, but maybe maybe two. I don't know if I could put them at one, but, I mean, they just lost so much. Yeah, I mean, I have them at two, but that's only because I've I've been burned so many years past for not not putting them there early. I've kind of learned my lesson on doing that. <laughs> I've put them lower in previous years thinking they wouldn't, but I think this is going to be one of the tougher rebuilds that he faces in it terms is. of Robert Castle because they lost so much. They do have an all-state running back back, and they do have some all-state linemen back, but – they lost a ton of moving pieces off that defense. The defense was really what carried them a year ago. Lost a lot of their key pieces on offense as well in terms of skill sets or skill players. So I just think this is the toughest task he's faced in recent years, at least. And I don't, you know, I'm not, like I said, I still have an ad number two, but I would not be surprised to see them kind of take a step back this year. Well, I mean, what was it, 2014 they lost the season opener to Stewart's draft? No, they haven't lost a season opener since 2010. Okay, there was a year they lost to Stewart's draft. I want to say that, that was, was 2014. Um, 2014 or 2015. Okay. Um, they played them in, over in Stewart's draft. It was a great atmosphere. Um, uh, went into overtime, and Stewart's draft won on a late touchdown. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that was, they ended up. I think they ended up winning a state championship that year even. Really? Uh, okay. It, yeah, that was. Okay. Yeah, that was. Oh, Robert Castro's a magician. Maybe I should have put him up higher. Yeah, it seems like the years they've they've kind of faced the most adversity. They, the, the year they lost to Lee and the year they, that they lost to East Rock last year. I mean, they've always still managed to go into Class One and, and come away with a state championship. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it until I see it though, I, I can't officially put it to put it on you know put it in print that I think they're going to take a step back. Oh, well, I'm a, well, okay. Well, I couldn't put them any higher than three. That was just me. Uh, Clark County, I, I like what uh, what they do up there in terms of the spinning single wing. I have confidence East Rock will be above 500 and will be one of the best seven teams in the area. Harrisonburg, that that's multiple reasons. I mean, A, they're unknown. B, I know Chris Thurman does what he can to put a really good offense out there. And, uh, See, I, I'm. I I think Quentin Smiley is going to be something special this year. I, I whether or not he can throw for 100 yards a game, I think he's going to. You know, just watching him move, and maybe with the ability just to dump it out in the flat while he's on the move, or while you know, just something like that. I mean, he doesn't need to sling it 20, 30, 40 yards down the field. Yeah, I think you know, just looking at even my rankings, your rankings, looking at everybody's. I think the biggest thing you take away this year, you know, everybody has spots with a number one. But then really after that, it's really just a, a kind of a mess back there. I don't think anybody – I don't think there's too many teams that we expect to be dominant this year. I think it could be a, a year where there's a lot of parity around all three districts. Um, you know, Like I said, I think Spotswood is a little bit above everyone else. And then outside of that, you know, it seems like everyone's pretty close in terms of where they're at right now. There's a lot of unknowns with a lot of teams. There's you know teams who have stuff coming back but then have other questions. So I think you've got – you know after that – after Spotswood, you you know you have a 
you know, 10, 11, 12 team field there where I think it could really, you know, fluctuate throughout the year. Cause I've heard good things about Stanton. I've heard good things about Fort Defiance. I've, I have them both further down my line, but you know, I just think there's a lot of teams that it's going to take us about two or three weeks to really find out what they've got and where they kind of stand. Yeah. It, I, it's going to be a heck of a season. I think, I think tomorrow night or excuse me, Friday night, we'll know a heck of a lot more, uh, Shen Valley 7 will get it online Thursday. As soon as the votes are tallied, it'll be in print Friday. But I know you want to get your boxers in the bunch right away on social media and complain about where we've ranked teams, blah, 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 blah. So we will make sure we have it online Thursday on the Facebook page, DNR Sports Department, I think it is. And on our uh, Twitter accounts, we'll all, well, the DNR FB crew, myself and uh, Cody and the the main account will be tweeting it out. Maybe Greg, well, Greg will be up in West Virginia. Maybe Greg and Shane will surprise us and tweet out their ballots. And I'm sure the other voters, if they're on Twitter, will do as well. Well, that's it, Cody. Uh, once again, we will see you uh, next week for episode 31. We'll talk about a bunch of other stuff, probably more high school football, probably some JMU football. And then, uh, yeah, just be safe going out to your games. That time of year where us reporters are traveling the highways and byways of the great state of Virginia and, and just everyone on those back roads, if you're a reporter, photographer, videographer, no matter what you're going to do, be safe on those roads at night, and we will talk to the rest of you all next week. Cody, thanks for joining me. Thank you.